Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Morning, we are thankful to be in your house, thankful to be gathered together. Thankful, Lord, that we live in a place where we can freely worship. May we not take that freedom and get lazy with it. May we be reminded, Lord, that that was bought at a price. Just like our salvation was bought at a price. As we prepare to sit around the table this morning, Lord, may we remember that that freedom was not free. It cost. It cost Jesus his life. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, as we listen for how you speak into our lives, I pray that it would be powerful. I pray, Lord, that you would remind us about freedom in our lives. And with it comes responsibility. In your name we pray. Amen. Scripture is out of Hebrews this morning in two separate passages, a couple verses each. I want to share with you, and I I do have a question I want you to think about uh, as we prepare uh, to talk in the sermon. I want to talk... For a, uh, just ask you a question for you to think about. Um, what does it mean to be Baptist? I'll just leave it there. We'll talk about that later. What does it mean to be Baptist? Hebrews 1, uh, verse 1 and 2 says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, at many times and in various ways, but in, the last, in these last days, He has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom all, also, whom also he made the universe. In Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. May God add his blessing as we prepare our hearts this morning. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for a reminder that you have not changed one bit since the beginning of time. May we be molded like you. May we be changed to look more like you, Lord, that we might share our faith in a powerful way. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And if you're from the herd, you can go. I think Lou was going to look at me until I decided to let him. One of these days you're just going to not tell him. Maybe, maybe. It's going to have to stay the whole sermon. <laughs> oh, two of it. Uh, we'll have to put you on the other side. We'll put you over there so we don't have, can't have two of us, two of you right there. I don't know that that would work. So this weekend we're celebrating uh, our country's freedom. And it's a freedom that I think sometimes we tend to forget. We enjoy our freedom uh, 
but we forget that that freedom costs, or it costs at one point. You may remember uh, that they came over to America for one reason, for a freedom of religion, a freedom to be able to decide how they would work out and live out their faith. Those Puritans weren't technically Baptist, right? But rather Christians faithful to God, Christians who had decided to, to leave their homeland to find a place where they could worship God without a government pushing, squeezing, pointing, moving them in a direction that they didn't feel God was leading them to go. And out of that transition came this Baptist understanding. So it begs the question, why are you, or what is, what does a Baptist look like? So this is the moment. I give you like 20 minutes to think about that. So I'm curious, what, you, what does a Baptist look like? Looks like Liz, yeah. <laughs> but Liz, there are a lot of people and they don't all look like you. They do... Some of us have less hair than you. <laughs> yeah, like the guy next to you. That's right. <laughs> so what does a Baptist, why? See, I know. I know because I, I came to this church. I got to tell you this story. I came to this church and I said, oh, this is a nice church and it's in the country. I like the country. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to this church and I want to be involved in this church. I fell in love with this church. But I didn't, when I got here, I didn't need to be a member of this church, right? Because I didn't understand what that meant. And I thought, I don't know about you, but I don't need any more clubs, right? I don't need to be a member of a club. Uh, I can do God's work without being a member of the club. But the further in and the more I understood what it meant to be Baptist, the more I realized this. And I hope as we're going to spend the month of July talking about what it means or what it looks like to be Baptist. And I want you to, so I want you to, to you're going to have some time to think about that. I want, I, what I found out, what I've learned in my own life was that I have been Baptist forever. My thinking is Baptist. I didn't know that. Uh, see, and here's what I think. You come back every week in some ways because it fits, it works, it's comfortable, we like it, Right? The way it's run, in some ways, we appreciate. Now, a lot of us would say, well, that's just Christian, right? That just means it's, it's Christian. But I want you, so I want you to spend, this, as we talk in the month of July, I want you to spend some time looking and thinking about other denominations and other ways that faith is acted out, worked out, uh, lived out, and ask yourself what is different about being Baptist. Now, I, I, I have to admit that I had planned to do this series about three months ago and I here's the struggle it takes a lot of different scriptures in a lot of different areas and it's hard to find one scripture to focus on and be able to to help us understand these freedoms that um, that the Baptist mindset has given uh, and so that's been the challenge for me it feels more this feels more like today more like a lecture and less like a sermon and I want to but I want to put that out there because uh, I want you to be able to think about it's more than just being Baptist, but I think there is something important in understanding who we are as Baptists and what that means 
for the world around us and how God, I, I don't believe, I don't stand here saying God thinks that the Baptists are the only way to go and everything else doesn't work. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that I believe that our mindset uh, as believers lines up best, at least for me, it lines be- best in that theology of the, the Baptist mindset. And so whether I'm here or anywhere else, in my life, I think that's where I'm going to be pointing, that direction will be pointed. And, and so I, I share this with you because I think the more we understand who we are, the, the more we understand those that are around us who aren't like we are, right? And I think the more we understand that, we can appreciate someone who's maybe Catholic that we run into, or we can appreciate someone uh, who's Presbyterian or Methodist, and they have a different mindset, and we can be a little bit more open to understanding that they see life a little bit differently, and yet they can still serve the God we serve, right? That's, so that's important, and that's important to me. I think it's, it's what helps us. See, I came from a church that was us against the world kind of mentality. Not, not really that mentality, but it, it was so small and tight and, and, and little that um, we thought we had it all, and then no one else understood scripture like that. And I don't know that that's good for us uh, as believers in Christ because we're called to take it out, take it out into the, uh, where we live. So I, I just want to share, um, now we've got five minutes left. <sighs> Speak fast. <Blah. laughs> we are American Baptist, if you don't know what that means. Uh, there are about 5,000 congregations uh, in the country. Um, actually, not a ton of them here. There's more in the north. Well, there's some in the Northeast, but uh, more to the more Midwest in that area. Um, about a million, a little over a million people uh, are, uh, call themselves American Baptist. So, I, and I put that up there in, uh, because I want you to know what the... Because I think a lot of times we just come to church and we don't really even think about who we are or what we are. And, uh, I want to share that I, this is the book, and I have the book somewhere... Uh, you'd be welcome to read it if you'd like. Uh, this is the book that I used uh, that I like. I like this book uh, because it takes uh, Baptist polity, Baptist understanding of Scripture and the way life should be done, uh, and it makes it f- in four simple uh, areas. In s- four simple freedoms, and it happens to be that it's July, and it's, uh, we're talking about our American freedom, and uh, these freedoms are... Uh, freedoms that we enjoy. Now, some of the things we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks, you're going to be like, no, that's just Christian, right? That's just how we do it. Uh, yeah, to some extent. Um, but there are some Baptist distinctives, they like to be called, uh, that are a part of it. And, and, some, and I think for some of us, they'll be like, well, this is not earth-breaking, earth-shattering, uh, not big stuff. And then for some of us, it'll be like, wow, I never thought about that this way. And so I I would ask that you would be open to hearing God and the Holy Spirit work in, that, in those moments uh, where you think about something that maybe is a little bit different than uh, you've thought about in the past. So I want to I get right to it because we're going to run out of daylight. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it just... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope you didn't have plans for today. No. Um, but Bible freedom, as uh, William Sheridan, that's the guy who wrote the book, uh, puts it this way. He says, The Bible under the lordship of Christ must be central in the life of the individual and the church, and that Christians with the best and most scholarly tools are free and obligated to study and obey the Scripture. I guarantee if you're Baptist, if you've ever been Baptist, or 
if you want to be Baptist, that that's like uh, one of those duh, right? No duh moments, right? Because we start out with Scripture, we put it in the middle, and we end in Scripture. But here's what you need to think about. The other, there are other denominations where Scripture it just plays a part. That tradition plays a part in faith as well. And to some, some denominations, I would say it's a 50-50 split. That, that Scripture plays a part, but tradition plays just as big a part. And I don't say that to pick on those other denominations, but I do say that to remind myself that I go to the Scriptures first and foremost for my way of walking the faith. And you probably do that and you say, well, that's just what Christ would want me to do, right? It's important to remember that Scripture Bible freedom, that we have the right to look at the Bible and to seek the Bible and to put it first and foremost and the end in our life. And so we're going to look at a couple of those uh, uh, things that Sheridan would say that there's a freedom from. There's a freedom uh, under Jesus Christ. Now, I, I say that because Jesus is our ultimate authority. And it's more than just a book. It's more than just a book of rules or a book of regulations that we walk this life and follow. And we don't always, look, we don't always go uh, regulation 7, 6. Right? We don't do that. It's bigger than that. The, the Bible we use is... Uh, looked at from the lens of Jesus Christ himself. There we go. That's the, one I, that's the picture I wanted, right? So we look at Scripture through the lens of Jesus Christ. So we look at, when we look at Scripture, we, we understand it, that Jesus is the central figure in our life and has pointed us in a direction that he would have us to go. And so that everything is looked in that light. Um, I want to go back... Uh, to John 14, because he talks about Jesus gives us. He, when he was still on the earth, he said, All this I have spoken, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you everything that I have said to you. And so Jesus says himself that I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit uh, to help you understand Scripture. I, I say that because I think Scripture needs to be, re- we need to be reminded that Scripture is alive. And it works today just like it worked thousands of years ago. It's not a book, it's not a historical book that was written to remind us uh, of this proverb or this psalm. It wasn't that way and it's not that way. It is in the light of Jesus Christ, a very live and active, growing uh, document for our life. And if you, if you use it in a different way, you would come to a, uh, an explanation. There's a scripture in Deuteronomy uh, uh, 21 that says, uh, If a man is stub- has a stubborn uh, son and doesn't obey uh, his mother, you know what you do with him? Stone him, right? When's the last time you saw we took an a obstinate uh, child out, a uh, Sunday school child who didn't act, act the way he should and took him out in the back parking lot and threw stones at him, right? If we, if we followed the Scripture for, the, for its uh, actual words for every moment, uh, we would be chucking rocks out here. We'd have a pile, right? And we'd just keep the pile going. We'd, it's not that way. It's very In light of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, we realize that uh, children can be obstinate and cause trouble and 
And yet God's grace is big enough to cover that. And so in that lens, in that light of Jesus Christ, we're able to see that we don't chuck stones uh, at every kid. That I, I guess if maybe if we did it, we'd probably have a lot better well-behaved kids, right? <laughs> don't make me throw the stones at you again. No. <laughs> or, less, or less kids to worry about. <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> Never thought of that. <laughs> The second thing, uh, that this freedom, this Bible freedom is about a living faith, uh, and I think that's important to remember. Uh, we're at that time of year, uh, I just heard a story where someone had planted corn twice uh, so far this year, planted it twice, it didn't come up, it rotted, uh, hasn't grown at all. Um, and I just planted beans, I planted uh, green beans, I, I, I think I planted them probably for the deer, probably about another two more inches, they'll be up and... The deer will come down and walk, take them all out. But, but it was really cool last week because it was just perfect weather for growing. And nothing was in the row. And I had checked the row like I do every day. And the next day, the beans were like th- at least three inches and the leaves are out. And I'm like, where did they even come from? Uh, but it reminds me that the Bible is dynamic. It's alive. We heard in that scripture that I read this morning. It's alive and active. How many times do you read a scripture and it doesn't? You don't even catch what's going on there. And then that one day when you need to be reminded of something, boy, doesn't it hit home. And it's alive and active in your life. And you're reminded, hey, I need to do something different. I need to do this a different way. I need to begin to treat someone uh, differently than I did because this is wrong. If that's not happening, then your faith is pretty stagnant. It's become to the point where uh, God's not working in your life, and I got to tell you, it's not God's problem. Did you hear that? It's not God's problem. Our faith should be active and growing and moving in a direction that takes us closer and closer to Him. A living faith. Bible freedom means that we have we stay away from creeds. Creeds are formal statements about what. Uh, about a subject, about making a paper that says, this is what I believe, and this is all I believe, and you don't need anything else. Baptists stay away from that. You want to know why we stay away from that? Because anything that's not Scripture, there's my creed, right? My creed's right here. This is my creed. This should be your creed. This should be what guides our life, not a piece of paper. And we realize as Baptists that We can't cover all those things in any one given paper. And as soon as you begin to try to cover everything in one paper, here's what you do. You make a paper that replaces the Bible, and then you tell people that they have to believe this because this is what we believe. This is the short version of it. The reality is what God's Word is, is what we need to believe. And maybe this is the the most challenging part of uh, freedom from the, in the Bible, the freedom of interpretation. It's challenging, I think, because we like to believe that God gave us the right interpretation and everyone else the wrong one. Now, we don't say that, right? We wouldn't say that to anyone. But I think we honestly believe, like when someone doesn't agree with my interpretation, my first thought is, boy, you're wrong. My first thought is, well, you got that messed up, and you didn't think it out. 
But then I, I have to go to this, and it's been really just relevant in my life in the last couple months, that how arrogant that sounds. If I honestly believe that God has given me the revelation in everything, every moment, every verse in Scripture, and that I know all there is to know about Scripture, that's pretty arrogant. Now, it's challenging to me because I want to know all that. I'm supposed to be the guy in charge and the guy who knows everything there is to know. And yet, when I come on a, I love, we, on a Wednesday night, we've been doing some studying, and we come with no preconceived plan. We just come and we have a scripture we're going to look at or a book we're going to look at or a passage we're going to look at. And I, and I learn some new things, some new thoughts, some new ideas. They add to my theology, right? Now, I don't know about you, uh, we've been talking in our Sunday school class about theology. And I don't know if you think about theology, but you all have a theology. Do you know that? Do you know that you all have a theology? Because here's, here's what theology is. That's a nice big word for the study of God. So in some way, shape, or form, you believe something about God. You either believe that he's the king of kings and... Jesus, he sent Jesus to die on the cross. You might believe that it's a farce. That's still a theology. It's still a theology. And so this interpretation idea is a challenge. It's a challenge for us because when I read Scripture, I may not read it exactly like you read it. And yet I believe that God allows us to dig into his word and that we need to dig into his word to understand where he's guiding and leading and moving us to help us with those different understandings. The scripture that we read this morning, it says, for God, the word of God is living and active. And I love the, the imagery that uh, most would say Paul, would, Paul wrote in Hebrews. Um, he, he uses it as a sword. It's actually kind of a little bit violent, right? It says, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Scripture is alive and well in our lives. Let me help you understand that. Whoops, there we go. I'll take you down the Romans road, or at least a couple of scriptures from the Romans road. It reminds me that God, it says in uh, Romans 5.8, God demonstrates demonstrates with an S, not demonstrated. God continues to demonstrate his love today uh, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He continues to demonstrate that love each and every day for each and every human being who walks this earth. And this is what he says, if you confess your mouth with your mouth, if you say that Jesus is my Lord and believe on his heart, on your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not you have been saved, you will be saved. It's uh, today. That's a blessing for us. The scriptures that we have that, that point us in the direction of God. And every day, I don't know about you, I, that's why we push so hard. That's why I push so hard uh, to read scripture on a daily basis. Because every day there's something new and fresh and alive that moves us in a direction to better understanding who God is, better understanding where our faith lies and how we can live this life the way God would have us to live. Let's pray. Lord God, I come to you this morning and we offer our, our lives to you, Lord. 
we're reminded that you, your love was demonstrated through Jesus on the cross. And Lord, that love still holds true for today. That scripture was from 2,000 years ago or so, and yet it's true today. It's true and alive and a part of our life. What a blessing it is. Lord, I pray this morning for those who may have not ever realized that they have a need for a Savior. Maybe they've got to the point, Lord, where they believe that somehow they can figure out how to get to heaven. That if they do enough good, do more good than bad, that it'll somehow be okay. But your scripture reminds us, Lord, that our, our, our deeds are junk. They're garbage. They just don't add up. We need a Savior. Lord, may we come like children who understand they have a need and want to fulfill it. May that guide our lives, Lord, as we look at your scriptures and are reminded of your love. In your name we pray. Amen.